Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. God, we are reminded in your scriptures that if we would bow our heads and come to you, that you would, Lord, restore us. And Lord, we ask even this morning that you would restore our country to be followers after you. Lord, we pray for those who have wandered and wandered so far. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, may we be reminded of the love that you have for each one of us and what that love looks like in our lives. Lord, that we might leave here today different than we came, that we might be able to express that love to those we come in contact with. Help us to love like you love. Help us to forgive like you forgive. Help us to be obedient to your word. In your name we pray. Amen. So if you opened your bulletin, you might as well just chuck that, all right? Because <laughs> it has the wrong scripture and it has the wrong title and it has the wrong everything. So I'm going to ask you to do something that I know you don't like to do, but I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles this morning or open your, I don't care if you have an app on your phone. I, I have learned one thing in my life. It took me 48 years to figure this out, that if I can hear it and see it or experience it in more than one way, it helps to connect in my brain. Um, it's taken me a long time to figure that out. So now I have all my school books on Kindle and I read them as they read to me. It's pretty exciting. My wife thinks I'm crazy, but... <laughs> Uh, so the scripture this morning is from John chapter 15, 9 through 15. Uh, and it happens to be in this spot where they're at the Last Supper. Where they're sitting around the table and Jesus is given his final, okay, kids, here's what's going to happen. Here's what you need to do. And it goes from about chapter 13 to, through chapter uh, 16 and in, in, into 17 in that area. Uh, and there's a lot of information. And if, you're, if you got one of those... Red letter Bibles is probably all read in that area um, because it's mostly what he's saying. But the, the passage uh, is in John 15, 9. That's where we'll start. It says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love. Just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you this, that, you, that, you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. My commandment is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that they lay their life down for their friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my, fa from my father I have made known to you. May God add his blessing to the reading of the word this morning. Lord, this morning we pray for those who are here whose chains have weighed them down. Lord, they barely made it up to get here today. 
looking for hope. May your word be that hope they need to hear. Lord, we come to your presence and we know that you're an almighty God. That you care over us, that you love us, that you continually knock on that door, that door of our hearts. You pursue us day in and day out. Lord, may our hearts be your heart this morning. As we look at your word, Lord, may it be powerful. May we be reminded of that grace that took us from death to eternity. May we be reminded, Lord, that you went to the cross before we made that decision to follow you. We made that decision afterwards. That you took it to the cross before you knew who would go and who wouldn't. You took it to that cross because you loved us. May we experience that love this morning. May we be reminded of that love this morning, Lord. There are so many wounds and so much brokenness in this world we live in. And there is no hope other than you. May we seek you in a powerful way this morning. Remind us of that love, first and foremost. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. All right. I guess he doesn't want me to slobber all over everything. I suppose I should. It's my allergies, but no, just kidding. Should have, Kenny. I don't know about you, but that's a powerful song, and that's just one of those ones that just, oof. Um, I do have a couple announcements. I do want to make mention that I forgot. My fault. I forgot to tell Paul. Um, on Tuesday, we'll be playing our first softball game at the ball field. That's pretty exciting. Uh, 6.30. We're excited to play. Um, we'd love for you to come and watch us. Whoop on Finley Lake. No. <laughs> I don't know that that's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> Um, but we're excited to be playing and uh, excited to see where God leads that uh, in, this, in the future here. Um, there was something else, too. Oh, I know. During the Sunday school hour, I want to remind you that during the Sunday school hour, we won't be doing our normal thing. Paul may have me mentioned it. I may have missed it. I couldn't. Okay, I couldn't remember. I'm more than, I told Paul more than one minute away, and I have forgotten. So, um, Kelly Sheldon has put together, and for a lot of years, has put together an awesome program uh, for Memorial Day weekend. And I want to encourage you to take the time out uh, and spend some time uh, remembering those who have gone before us. Um, it's important that we not forget. And so uh, Kelly's put a lot of time. I know that the, out on the table there are a bunch of, uh, there's some memorabilia. I don't know. Kelly made about six trips in, and I'm, I'm thinking there are other people uh, who have, usually there's a bunch of other people who put things out there. Um, and so I want to encourage you that if you haven't, uh, haven't been to one before, or if you have, uh, it's a great opportunity to, to remember. So this morning's passage, um, if you haven't figured out, 
I didn't have a lot of time to think about it. <laughs> but I know uh, this God we serve, and uh, he'll be in the middle of it. Middle of it. And so as I was thinking about a passage uh, to preach about, I couldn't help but think about the sacrifice of Jesus. On this memorial weekend, we are reminded of people who have gone before us and given their life. And I don't know about you, but what do you think it takes for someone to be willing to give their life? It's easy to say, right? It's easy to say. But think about people who would put themselves in that spot where they'll have to offer their life for someone they may not even know. It's no easy task. It goes against everything in our bodies to try to preserve ourselves. It goes against all of those things. Put yourself in the line of fire. It's not what we normally think of as a person, right? We're always about self-preservation. Sometimes we make bad choices, but the reality is we're always out there to save ourselves, to be protecting ourselves, or to protect our kids. It goes opposite for someone to go in the line of duty and to stand there and, and to put their life in the line for each one of us. And this weekend, we celebrate that, and we should. We sit in a church freely and openly because of people who have gone before us. Maybe you don't even think twice about that, but you need to realize that in a lot of the world, they don't have church like this. My wife has cousins who are missionaries in China. And this is how it works in China, and you probably never really thought much about this. They go to China as teachers. They are teachers in the school. The Chinese government recognizes that, hey, if they're going to teach English as a second language, that's good stuff. We'll let them come and visit and hang out as long as they're teaching us English. But do you realize that they're missionaries and how they are missionaries is that they have these small home churches. And they, they work with people one-on-one. -on -one. And maybe you haven't ever thought about this, but they all have, these people in China and other, these other countries, all have insurance policies that will pay for a, uh, an airplane ticket out within 24 hours. Do you know Why? Because if the government finds out that they're there spreading Christianity, they'll either go to jail or get out. They give them a choice, right? If they get a choice, they get out. But they have to be out of there within 24 hours. We think nothing of opening our Bible app or grabbing our Bible or coming into a, a sanctuary And a lot of the world lives in a place where there is not that freedom. They don't even speak the name in public because they have to be careful. It's underground. And we take it for granted. And we have a hard time getting up at 8.30 in the morning to make it here. I understand that. I, I live really far away. You know. <laughs> but I can get here unless it's 10 feet of snow. I crawl through the snow piles, right? Sometimes we forget that we are, have this freedom because someone has sacrificed. 
Do you know that the Memorial Day uh, celebration actually started right after the Civil War in the, in the mid-1860s where they started to, they call it Decoration Day at that point, and they started to put uh, flags on uh, grave sites of people who had, had died in war, and they, that's kind of where it began, and it, um, it wasn't recognized until the 1900s. Uh, but uh, the passage that we're looking at today is it talks about sacrifice. It talks about Jesus being at that moment where he knows he's going to be gone and he's going to have to sacrifice. And I don't know if you thought much about that, but during the prayer this morning, it really, it's really been on my heart in the last couple of days to realize that Jesus made that sacrifice before anyone chose to follow him and in, in in, in understand that. He made that choice whether no one would follow him. He made that choice. That's kind of heavy to me. Now, you can say, well, the Old Testament, some people look forward. They did. They look forward to it. right? They would look forward to it, but they didn't fully understand that. So I want to talk a little bit about what true love is through this passage. And the very first thing is that true love is obedience. I don't know about you, but I'm not very good at obedience. There's a reason I never went to the military. I'll be honest with you. When I was 17, I thought, I've had enough of my mom and dad telling me what to do, and I sure as heck ain't going to get a job where someone else tells me what to do. And that was my thought process from 17 on. I mean, it's probably been my, my whole life, right? And now I, I have a wife, and she tells me what to do. But it's... <laughs> oh, it's exactly what I need. There's no doubt in my mind that's what I need. <laughs> I'm not the most obedient person. But Jesus reminds the disciples, if you want to remain in my love, be obedient. Have you thought that, how much about that when God created this whole universe, this whole plan, before he created the earth, he had it all figured out. And he worked all those details out. And here's the part, and now I... I I realize that he probably lives outside of time, but in my finite mind, I think, well, it was easy to create the earth for him and think ahead, well, I'll, I'll send my son at some point. But at that moment, when he had to send his son, you wonder if in the human part of my, my humanness says, boy, wasn't it a harder time when he had to send his son? He had to send his son to earth. And he knew what was going to happen. He knew what was going to happen. He knew there were going to be humans and they were going to mess it all up and that his son would have to die. And yet he was obedient to the plan that he had already started. And that's what Jesus is saying. My father was obedient, or I was obedient to my father. Now be obedient to me. You know, being a parent is not easy. I always said we should have had, Ann always says we always should have had hamsters. It would have been a lot easier. <laughs> you probably don't want to know why, because we always say if you, if you don't like that hamster, you just bonk them on the head and get a new one. But I'm not sure that's appropriate, but pretty realistic, right? It's, I like it, because it makes me laugh, and it's funny. <laughs> Being a parent is hard. You know what's hard about being a parent? 
we have to teach our kids to be obedient. Because we don't normally learn, we don't learn that on our own. We're not obedient people on our own. We have to learn how to be obedient. Don't you remember as a parent? I remember as a parent the first time my child decided they were going to be disobedient and they had to be punished. It's painful. It's way more painful to me as a parent than it was as my child, right? They're going to go to somebody's house and they just do not pay attention. They don't follow the rules. And at some point, there's a line, right? We draw a line as a parent. There's the line. And that kid just busts right over that line. And you know full well that there's only one choice. There's only one option. The child has to miss what they were going to do because they were not obedient. And as a parent, it kills us to punish our child. And yet, we need that obedience. They need to learn obedience. Obedience is hard. We were reminiscing, and we were, went for a ride this weekend, and uh, we were, I was at the Redneck Reunion, and that's a different story, but <laughs> ask me after church. <laughs> um, we were reminiscing on the way down about our kids, because they're all grown up, and they're all moved out, and... Uh, they're not serial killers. That's a good thing, right? They're all good. They're doing good. Um, and so we were laughing and joking about all the times that things didn't go right. And one of our kids, I'll not give the name, but one of our kids took a job, and they weren't, they just weren't, one, they weren't physically able to do the job. Two, they probably weren't emotionally ready to do the job. All in all, it wasn't, you know, I can remember the night I got a phone call that that person came home and the jo- they quit their job. And I thought my, my dad would have killed me if I quit a job. So that was hard on me. But my wife is in tears. She is crushed. My child is crushed. Everybody's dying over this. So we're laughing about it this weekend as we're driving down to Brookville. We're laughing about, do you remember how rough that was? when we had to console our child because they weren't able to make it. Being a parent is hard. And we laugh about it now because we realize, and I, I I know the memories. I remember exactly what I thought. Obviously, this is the first step in our child never having a job for the rest of their life. <laughs> that was my thought. That child is going to be homeless. <laughs> absolutely not the case, never was the case, you know what I mean? But, but that was my thought. At that very moment, it was like, oh, I failed as a parent. We, we failed as, a, as parents. We didn't prepare our child, and now look at them. But we had prepared our child, and we taught them obedience. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about be obedient. Follow the rules that I have laid out for you because they are good. That's one of the things in the military that I am most impressed by. If you think about this, they train these men, women, people, to follow orders. And a part of me is always the why part, right? I'm like, well, why would we do it that way? But think about it for a moment. They train these people to follow these orders to a T for their own safety. Because not every time is there going to be a chance to say, why did you do that? Or why didn't you do that? Or 
Why, why would we want, let's go the other direction, right? They're obedient. They're obedient because they know that's the way they need to go. The scripture in uh, Romans 5.8 reminds me. It says, God demonstrates his own love and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the, the point that I just can't get past this morning. Jesus was obedient before we made that decision. He went to the cross not knowing whether we would go or follow or not. That's powerful to me. That's powerful for me. To th- it's one thing if you know somebody's going to do something because you do something. It's another when you take it to the cross, not having any idea whether the other, the other side will do their part. He was obedient to his Father and taking it to the cross in spite of that. Second thing that this passage talks about is sacrificial love. It says, this is my command. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that he lays down his life for his friends. Love can be difficult But true love begins at sacrifice. Think about it for a moment. It's easy to love somebody who's easy to love, right? True love begins when it's hard for you to love someone. Or when it's not easy for you to love someone. Let me explain a little bit. You know this passage. If we were at a wedding, you'd have heard this one, uh, 1 Corinthians 13. I want you to think just for a moment as I read through these, how difficult these are to accomplish. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not selfish or easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. There's one right there. If you can do that one, that's impressive, right? Because most of us, whether we like it or not, some of us will throw in other people's face, whether we like it or not, we keep records of wrongs. It does not delight in evil. It rejoices in the truth. Love always protects and always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. I just gave you a list that's hard. That is a list that is hard. Hard to follow. Hard to do. Hard to express to people. It's hard to do it with your family, right? Let alone others. <laughs> Probably harder with your family than with others. Maybe. So every time I read this and I, I hear of a love failing, I, said, I say to myself, Does, what happened? If love never fails, was it ever love? Was it true love? Was it the kind of love that God has for us? Was it the love that would lay down their life for another? Or rather, was it lust? See, I think we've convoluted the idea of love. The world says we love everything. We love everything. What don't we love, right? We love ice cream. Inanimate objects. We love everything. 
we have used this word and overused it so much that we somehow think that eight and nine-year-olds can love each other. That's not the love that God is talking about. He offers a different idea of love. No greater love is this than someone lays down their life for another. That is the greatest of love. It's not an emotion. See, we've made love an emotion. We made love this idea that I feel love. But rather, love is an action word. There's a song, and I, don't, I, couldn't, I couldn't remember it this morning. It might be a DC Talk song. I might be showing my age. But there's a song that's called Love is a Verb, and I love that just that line because it reminds me that love is an action word. Love is expressed by the way we act and the way we do things. If love begins in obedience, it gets its power through sacrifice. Sacrifice. It's where love begins in a lot of our... Think about a relationship, a marriage relationship. It gets kind of... It's The honeymoon's easy, right? <laughs> but then as you get past the honeymoon, then, then the real love starts to kick in. And I will admit that when I got married, I thought I was in love. And I probably was in some type of love. But it wasn't until something tough came along that I really began to understand the experience of love. One of the things I, love, I like to tell, I love to tell couples um, in premarital counseling is that marriage is not for the good times. Yeah, we like the good times, right? But I always tell people, I promise you, you can find 10 people to come to a picnic at your house. That's easy. Find 10 people that will stand beside you on the darkest, hardest Worst day of your life. That's when that marriage connection, that marriage relationship, that love is expressed most. When it's the worst day of my life and my wife is beside me, that is love. When all else have forsaken me and Jesus is still there, that is love. There's a great story in 1 Kings. Now, we usually talk about this story uh, for a different reason, but I think it's a great story of love. 1 Kings chapter 3, verses uh, 16 through 28, if you get a chance to read it. Two prostitutes live in the same house. They have babies three days apart. One woman rolls over on her child during, the eve during their sl her sleep and smothers that child. In the middle of the night, she makes a decision. She's going to trade babies with the one that's still alive. Kind of a crazy story, right? I mean, let's be honest. It's not like your everyday story. She makes a trade, and in the morning, the mother whose child is still alive wakes up to a, a child that has no is not alive at that point. And when it becomes daylight, the scripture says she realizes that that is not her child. And she would do what any mother would do. She cries, she cries out and takes it to, the, to Solomon. And the decision has to be made. So they have two women 
and one child. And they go before a judge. And what does any good judge do? He says, grab a sword, cut that child in half, and give them each a half. Pretty crazy idea, right? It's a crazy story. It is a crazy story. Except that they realized very quickly that the woman whose child it was said, just give that child to the other lady because I'd rather that child be alive than to get my half. Obviously, it wasn't realistic to get half a child. That wasn't going to work. And at that moment, they realized, oh, the woman who cared, the woman whose child it was, she was the one whose child, she wanted to give it away. Because she'd rather have that child alive than she would rather have... Because the other woman, I didn't tell you that part. The other woman's like, yeah, cut it in half. That doesn't make sense to me, but... Once they realized that whose child it really was, they gave it to the mother whose, whose, whose baby it really was. But think about how sacrificial that is for a mother to give their child away rather than to have that child hurt. That's, that's quite the story. The, the final part in this, uh, in this passage is Jesus says, I'll no longer call you servants because servants don't know the master's business. Instead, I'll call you friends and everything that I learned from my father I made known to you. Question is, are you a servant or are you a friend? This friend idea, we live in a world that everybody on Facebook, everybody has 600 friends, right? It's a, it's a game in the teenage world. How many friends do you have on Facebook? Of which most of them you don't even either know or you've only met once, or you're not really a friend. Anybody you've met in your life is a friend. And that's not what Jesus is talking about here. He says there's a distinct difference. You're either a servant, or you're a friend. One is a paid employee. Someone who comes to work, puts in their 40 hours, does what they're supposed to do, and goes home. The other... It's more like family. Someone who knows the business of the, of, the, of the master. And Jesus is asking the question, which one are you going to be? Which one do you want to be? See, if you don't have a relationship with this Jesus, you're just a servant. You can know all about who Jesus is and still not be his friend. You can know all about him. You could have read and memorized every scripture and still not be a friend of Jesus. And that's the distinction he's making. Do you want to be a servant, a paid somebody, or would you like to be my friend and have a relationship? And that's a very distinct difference. See, it's one thing to believe that he died on the cross or to to understand that he died on the cross, and it's really another to believe that he died on that cross for me, that he died on that cross for you. That's the difference, right? To understand that this Jesus went to that cross for me. If I was the only person that had sin in my life, he went to that cross for me. 
It's kind of heavy. It's kind of heavy to think about. He sacrificed his own life. And if you don't think that, because one of the struggles I think is we get into Scripture and we think, well, yeah, he took it to the cross, he spent three days in the tomb, he's back alive and all is good, right? And we just kind of minimize all that, what happened. I would challenge you to read Matthew chapter 26, where Jesus goes to Gethsemane. And he begins, he says, you guys stay here a while, I'm going to go pray. And as he's going to pray, he says he is sorrowful unto death. Wait, let me read it to you. I want to read it the right way. It says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. I think we minimize the fact that Jesus' humanness came out in that moment. And he said to himself, I don't want to do this, but your will be done. And I, I would encourage you to read that Matthew chapter 26 passage because he really does show his humanness in the midst of that. He shows that this is scary and this is hard. And I know what's going to happen and I'm not excited about that. And yet I'll be obedient because I want to be your friend. If you haven't started a relationship with Jesus, you have a chance to do that today. I want to encourage you this morning. We'll have a time when we're going to sing, we're going to take the offering. And I want to encourage you to come forward if that's something that you need to do today. I don't, it's not light and fluffy and uh, feel good. It's eternal and deep, this love of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord God, we come to you this morning and we are thankful to be in your house Lord, we are reminded of the sacrifice that you did give on that cross. We're reminded, Lord, that you have offered your life for ours. You stood in the path. You took our spot. And Lord, we don't take that lightly. I pray this morning for anyone who hasn't made that decision. That, Lord, we wouldn't make it any more convoluted. It's so simple that we call upon your name, that we call upon our, you to come into our lives, Lord, that we recognize that our sin was enough to send us to hell. And your love was enough to spare us. Thank you for your love. In your name we pray. Amen.